following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. On episode 104, we take a look at the NFL Week 2 schedule. Heading into the Thursday night game, key matchups, big breakdowns, all that and more. I'm EZD, and this is Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast, a championship-caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York. You're locked into Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaterski, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Statman. Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast is part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online, www.bicbp-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I'm your host, EZD, flying solo once again. It is a crazy time of year. Big Diesel's out on the gridiron coaching. I am stuck between work, new work training and uh, college fall ball. Taylor uh, T-Wave is buried in loads and loads of laundry at his new job. Uh, Bold Claim Ben is on the gridiron playing college football and... Uh, our main man, the stat man, brand new dad, you know, doing that brand new dad swag thing. So I am flying solo once again this week. Uh, this week will be a full tilt breakdown, something you can look forward to every week here going forward on Hats, Tats, and Stats. Hats, Tats, and Stats brought to you by Buffalo Freddy. You can check out all the details you need to know about them. Uh, you can check out their website, buffalofreddy.com. Give them a call, 716-4-FREDDY. Uh, everything they do and or offer can be caught at the commercial at the end of the show. And with all that being said... It is it is the greatest time of year. There's football on. There's college football almost every day. The NFL Thursday, Sunday, Monday, back to back like Monday double headers. Thursday night football on Amazon. It's great. It's a great time to be alive. And the last two Thursday night games have been absolute bangers. Last week the Bills and the Chargers. Um, sorry, the Bills and the Rams, the other LA team, and the Bills came out and. As of right now, what looks to be a statement win. No need to beat that dead horse. Um, I'm sure when I get to the first of the two Monday night games, I will talk and discuss the Bills-Rams contest a little bit. But this week, we are treated to a Thursday night delight. The L.A. Chargers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs last week absolutely having their way with the Cardinals. Uh, if you tune into the two-point conversation, you heard, you can hear me, yours truly, Easy D, on two-point conversation on the Wednesday episodes, the discussion topics, and one of the things I started my takeaways from last week is the Cardinals are trash. They are not a good team. They uh, really struggled last week, and you can tell why the Kyler Murray, the weirdness in Kyler Murray's contract is a thing, uh, because he needs it. He needs study time. He needs to learn the game from a an on-field level a little bit better, and the Chiefs just did whatever they wanted. The Chargers were in a bit of a, bit of a dogfight. Uh, I think the Chargers are coming in a little bit more tested and true here. I, I believe the Chargers have a little bit more. I think the Chargers got more out of their win last week with the Raiders, who, I mean, that game was a little bit tighter. The The Chargers came, started to make a little bit of a comeback in the end, but they, you know, went up, went in 17 nothing at half and only mustered seven more points. But, you know, you, you're playing your division, you're playing. I mean, it's a rivalry game. You get a little bit more tested. I think they got a little bit more out of that game than you might, uh, than the the Chiefs would have gotten for out of their game with the Cardinals. All of that being said, I this could be a tight one, man. This is going to be a really good game. Two of the young, uh, talent talented quarterbacks, Pat Mahomes, obviously a top tier guy, arguably one A one B, 
uh, in the league right now. As far as at bare minimum, at bare minimum, taking everything else out of the equation, one uh, A, one B with Josh Allen and the the new guard, the new the new era of top tier quarterbacks with Brady and Rodgers being the what's left of the the previous era of top tier talent. Uh, and Justin Herbert looking this year to cement himself in such a way to join that class, to join that group of guys that you talk about and say, wow, like I, I got this dude and I want him for the remainder of his career. The interesting thing is uh, imagine being a team that passed on him. Imagine being a team, the teams that passed on Herbert uh, for anyone else, really. And, you know, unless you have that guy, you miss the boat, right? Unless you have a dude. Who's the dude who could who could very easily be one of those top five talents? And he, I'll be honest with you, I think Herbert's pushing it. I think Herbert is pushing that top five, um, that you know that that top five line that we like to talk about or that I like to talk about. That's kind of the benchmark. Those guys, those four or five guys that really separate themselves on the pack. And this game is going to be fun. Uh, this game is really, really going to be fun. This is another testament to the arms race that was the AFC West this offseason. If you heard our AFC West pre- uh, preview show, we uh, that's what we talked about, right? It was an arms race. Who could load up on the most talent? The Chargers defense looks scary, scary good. And last week when it mattered, they hunkered down and made it tough on the Raiders to complete that comeback. Uh, and, you know, the offense looks... Like the offense, the offense looks as advertised. Uh, they don't have the biggest names. Uh, they do have they. The team is solid, top to bottom. The team is solid. I'll be honest with you. My money. Uh, I'm going to take the away team in a divisional matchup here, which is uh, this is why I don't do well in suicide pools and pickums because I'm going to take the Chargers. I, I don't have betting lines in front of me. I could easily pull it up on my phone. I'm not going to. But uh, this one, I'm taking the Chargers here. I think this is when you see. You finally see Herbert outduel Mahomes, and I think it's because Mahomes has people in his face all day. I really do. I really think that this they built this defense to beat Patrick Mahomes, and I think it get I think they get the job done in this game. Uh, so I think the Chargers take this, and it's but it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be tight, I think, uh, and it's going to there's going to be fireworks across the board. Next game, we're looking at the Patriots and the Steelers. The New England Patriots coming off a loss where their offense did not do a whole ton against the defense of the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins took a 20-7 win there uh, with a defensive touchdown. Offensively, that would have been a 14-7 win um, or 13-7, depending on, yeah, 13-7 with the two field goals. So I'm pretty sure it's two field goals. I don't know. I, I don't have direct stats in front of me. I apologize. But uh, the Patriots' offense did not look good in this game, and they're, it's not like they're getting a shorter order here from def- from the defense that they're facing. The Steelers' defense is very, very good. It is going to be uh, a tough – it's going to be tough sledding for them. The big advantage to the Patriots have is Defensive Player of the Year last year, T.J. Watt, is out of this game. Recovering from a torn pec, uh, it says, fortunately for them, he will not need surgery to repair the torn pec. So – the timeline for his return is shorter than originally anticipated. We all knew as soon as he went down and the way he was walking off, that's what that was, that that was a, a, a peck tear. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, TJ starting to get that, that, you know, made of paper mache thing. Uh, the Boses kind of have it going on. They've not gotten wood, both been pretty healthy the last couple of years, but uh, the Watts, JJ Watts uh, currently out, I believe still now TJ heading to the sidelines, which, you know, you hate to see that talented young player, 
but uh, it is the one thing. The Patriots, they got to run the football. If they want to win this game, they got to be able to run the football and run the football effectively. Uh, the problem is when you can stack eight in the box and stop that, um, it's it's tough to win ball games like that. Uh, you know, we all know they did it last year on Monday night against the Bills, 200 and some odd yards, yards on the ground with little to no passing attempts. I don't think and maybe no passing attempts in the entire game. And really what what the story of that game was, was the gale force wins that the Bills, that slowed the Bills passing game down. Uh, and the Bills, because they're not built to run the football the way that game maybe dictated they should have. Uh, you know, it was one of those things where they, they couldn't really do, you know, they weren't going to just run the ball. They were going to trust their quarterback to throw through that that wind and that weather because, let's be honest, that's why we're paying them. That's why we got them. That's why you like a big, strong dude with a big, strong arm and real big hands to throw the football with. But uh, the the Patriots, really, their answer is going to be run the football, and uh, this is going to be tight. I don't think Steelers fans want to hear this, but it's going to be tight because unless the defense can be opportunistic, I don't think either one of these offenses does fantastic. Trubisky didn't look great last week, and the running game, uh, we're not really sure. Najee uh, Najee Harris says he's going to play, says he's going to play. Whether or not he actually plays, I'll be watching intently because that's a big fantasy implication for me. But if Najee Harris plays, and I'm putting putting the Steelers on on this one, Uh, not by much, though, maybe three, three to five point margin of victory here i know five points is weird but you know you get like a you know, bit, bit less than a touchdown i'm calling it less than a touchdown margin of victory but the steelers do pull out the win and start the season two and oh uh the patriots start oh and two and that's pretty much what i've got to say about that the giants and the panthers coming up next the this is going to be a fun one from a lot of different standpoints the giants pulled out a squeaker against the Titans last week, and the Panthers lost a heartbreaker to the Browns. And I'll tell you what, it's hard to tell this early what they're going to be. Baker Mayfield didn't play bad, and, I mean, CMC, they're they're trying not to run him into the ground. Saquon Barkley looked fantastic. This is two really good running backs uh, and two teams that I think are trying to find identities right now. New quarterback leading the Panthers, a completely new coaching staff leading the Giants, and... I would. I, I love Brian Dable. I would be hard pressed to tell you that the Panthers don't take this one. Um, and if they don't, it's because Saquon went absolutely off. Uh, you know, to the tune of 150 or more in a pair of scores, and that's not count. I'm 150 on the ground in two scores. You know, not. I'm not. Not. Not even counting him getting involved in the passing game. I'm taking the Panthers. I'm taking the t- Panthers tight here. Uh, maybe it's going to be. This is going to be another one score game in my opinion. And it's not because one, you know, the the two teams are evenly matched. I think the uh, maybe they are. They it, maybe it is because they're evenly matched, but they're evenly matched in mediocrity right now. I think there could be potentially good things going, but we just don't know yet. You know, it's too early to tell. Uh, I don't think the Giants get away with squeaking out wins the way they did last week. But who knows? Uh, you know, I, I also haven't seen enough of the really, and that's what this is. Just having not seen enough of the new style of play and the new, you know, the new schemes that these two teams are rolling with, on uh, the new looks to their offenses. So I'm taking the Panthers here. Another road team. I'm taking two out of three so far. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing taking road teams. But I like taking road teams this week. The Jets and the Browns. Let's call it what it is. This is going to be a suck bull. 
This is going to be a suck ball, and this is going to be where this game, in my opinion, is where you're going to start to wonder if Robert Salah starts talk being talked about in a hot seat. Right, the the Browns are down, are starting a backup quarterback, not the guy that they wanted. Granted, they still do have the two headed monster in the backfield and that great offensive line. However, we're talking about a team here that has they don't have a ton of receivers. You they lost their top two from last year, and Donovan Peoples Jones was not the guy. He was not a guy that stepped up and made plays. And now he's their one of their feature feature guys. The Jets, they have, I mean, granted, they're starting a backup quarterback too, which, you know, two backup quarterbacks going toe-to-toe. This is kind of, that's where they get that suck ball going on, you know, that little uh, not a great game to want to watch. I, I do feel bad if this is, if neither of these are your teams and this is your in-market game. But um, I think the Browns running game takes this away, and I think you start seeing the conversation of potentially, again, Robert Salah being on the hot seat because, this should be a team you beat. This Browns team should be a team you beat, barring catastrophe, right? Um, this, is a, this is a team that I believe you should be able to to score points on and stack the box, make Jacoby Brissett. 99% sure it's Jacoby Brissett. Let me make sure before I start talking all the smack. Uh, yeah, Jacoby Brissett. I wasn't sure. Calm down, all right? Um, so you, you know, stack the box, make him beat you slow down that running game, make their quarterback beat you. And you're going to be able to score points on this defense. So you should win this game. If you're the jets, I don't think you're going to, I, and listen, if Les, if Leslie Frazier gets a kick at the can at a head coaching job next year, Robert Salah, when he gets let go from the jets as a head coach can come back to, can come to Buffalo, go back to being a DC and, him and McDermott can just keep this masterful defense that the Bills have had going on rolling. Uh, but I think the Browns take this one and could be by 10 points or more. The Colts and the Jags. I want to take the Colts. I want to take the Colts so bad in this game. I don't have faith in the Colts to beat a divisional opponent ever. I, I just don't. I don't know why. I don't know what the issue is, but these dudes cannot get out of their own way and lock in a divisional win to save their lives. Uh, they should have easily and you know, fired their kicker after last week because an extra point and an overtime field goal miss resulting in a tie. That game should not have been that close. The Texans are not a terrible team. They're not awful. They're not the team we thought they were going to be last year. They were better than we thought they would be last year, and they're a little bit better than that now. All right, and These guys are starting to believe in themselves. Davis Mills is looking like a competent NFL quarterback, but the, the Colts, the Matt Ryan-led Colts should still have won that game and it shouldn't have really been that that hotly contested. This should be the same way, but I think the Jags are better than the Titan or the Texans. So, that being said, do the Colts figure it out? Does Jonathan Taylor have a day or do the Jaguars find a way to to, to shock the Colts, make them start 01 and 01 and 1? And people start, and here's another one, Frank Reich. If you if you start this season with a loss and a tie in division, people are going to start. To, uh, Matt Johnson from Two Point already talking about, you know, wanting Frank Reich's head, just not being coached, not being prepared. Right. So here we go. Um, I'm calling a Jags win here. I and I'm sorry to to the Colts fans out there, but I I think the Jags start to figure it out. I think the Colts kind of keep 
keep the status quo of what they've been doing, and I don't think that's good enough. I, I just don't. And I want better for the Colts. I want Jonathan Taylor to be, you know, to be on a team that's going to be competitive and win. I want Matt Ryan to have gone to a team that has a legitimate chance. And I I I, I love Frank Reich. I'm a Buffalo guy. I how do you not love Frank Reich? But he's another guy. You know, a gr- a really really good offensive coordinator. But a, being a good coordinator doesn't always translate to being a good head coach. And I, I think that's where Frank Reich is right now, unfortunately. I think he's just muddling in that obscurity, and I think the Jags win this game. I really, really do. Uh, again, three points. Give me a 23-20. Give me the win. Give the Jags the win that the Texans couldn't quite complete last week. That's where I'm going with it. Dolphins-Ravens, this is a big-time matchup, and this is a big-time test for both of these teams. A uh, lot of question marks. A lot of, lot of questions going on. Uh, can Tua be the guy? They loaded him up with tools. They loaded him up with speed. And he had an okay day against an okay defense. Uh, Lamar came out, had an okay day against the Jets last week. You know, And I say an okay day. He didn't light the world on fire. He didn't do anything bad. Neither one of them did anything bad. All right. Last week... Uh, against the Dolphins, Tua was twenty three for thirty three for two seventy and one. That's an okay day, right? That that's not you're not setting the world on fire with that, but you're not hurting your team by any means. And then on the other side of the ball, you had the Ravens take on the Jets, winning twenty four to nine, and Lamar was seventeen for thirty for two thirteen three and one. So the you know seventeen for thirty, not fantastic. Two thirteen. Eh, you know we like we like to talk about the i mean we like to talk about 300 yards being like a benchmark right didn't quite didn't get there three touchdowns great an interception not so good all right no running game to speak of though 31 yards from drake 17 from jackson 11 from davis and four from hill you know little some like rashad bateman a little bit a little bit of a little bit of splash devin duvernay a little bit of splash i this is going to be interesting because these two defenses, in my opinion, this game is a tale of two defenses. The Ravens have built their defense in a way that they don't want any team to have a lead at any point because they don't want to find themselves in a position where they're trailing and they have to leave their offensive comfort zone to win a football game. And I've talked about this. I like Lamar. Lamar is one of the best athletes on any field he ever steps on. Whether it's an offensive scheme thing, whether it's an arm talent thing, no matter what the re- no matter what it is, when the Ravens are behind late, they struggle to come back. Unless, like, really, the games that if you look at them coming back on, they've hit home runs on the ground, which you can't count on. So they've built this defense to protect leads, to stop the other offense. At all costs. It's why they spend money on free agents every year on the defensive side of the ball when they're not spending it on the offensive side of the ball, which people are saying, get Lamar legitimate weapons and this the, the offense will, will flip, right? The offense will flip the script and stop being so run heavy and be able to throw the ball and do what they need to do. On the other end of that, here's the Dolphins. They spent all this money on offense. You know, they, they went out, they got two running backs, both guys that are quick, speedy, can, you know, pull away speed with uh, Mostert and I'm drawing a blank. 
Oh, I knew I shouldn't have closed out the stats page. What am I doing with my life? It's, t- it's tough doing this stuff alone. Chase Edmonds, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, you know, both guys with speed, both guys with full pull away power, both guys could be and and in the past have been feature backs. Uh, they went and got Tyreek Hill to add to Jalen Waddle. You know, speed. We're gonna yak the crap out of people. That was the word. Can Tua use them? Uh, you know, forty something yard touchdown pass on fourth and seven last week. You don't. That that's not always going to be a thing. Uh, you know, you you split you split the safeties on a fourth and seven on a ballsy call. Uh, early in the game, had Tyreek wide open about 20, 25 yards downfield and spiked the ball at about 15 yards. One hopped it to him, Canadian football style. There's questions there. Whether you like it or not, and fan, not a fan, I don't care. There are questions around Tua being able to take the next step and be that quarterback. I think we're going to find out this week. I think we're going to find out just how just how dangerous this Ravens offense can really be against a, a good defensive team. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year with you know some shuffling around and losing a good defensive coach in Brian Flores, uh, but I also don't they're not going to be terrible by any, any means. They're they're not going to be down, they're not going to be, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um but we're going to find out what both these offenses are looking like. I'm taking the Ravens on a win here. I think the Ravens defense frustrates Tua enough and it I think Lamar has a good game against a team who may not be ready to contain him I don't know that's that's my take uh this could easily go the other way and I'm not even gonna pick I'm not even gonna give you a spread on this in my opinion I just I think the Ravens take it let's go let's go Ravens on a money line Buck Saints for some, the the Bucks should beat the Saints every time, and some for some reason the Saints have had their number for years. Uh, division matchups are tough. I I think this year, uh, you know, Camara's banged up a little bit. They're using Taysom Hill as a god knows what. Uh, he's listed as a tight end, but he's running the football. He's still lining up in the occasional wildcat formation, threatening to throw. Who knows? Who knows what Taysom Hill is and is going to do. And is he going to be their feature running back now that Kamara's banged up and got, I believe it's bruised ribs. I don't know if they're broken. Uh, but I don't think, I'm taking the, oh, another road team. What am I doing? The Bucks. I think the I think the Bucks kind of kick the Saints curse a little bit this week. Uh, I don't know that they have enough, but I'll tell you what, I like what they're doing there. I, you know, Michael Thomas is back. Jarvis Landry had a breakout week last week after, you know, being lost in obscurity up there in Cleveland at the you know hanging out with the mistake on the lake and I'm I'm excited to see what happens here I'm taking the bucks in this one uh early season Tom Brady probably legitimately retiring this year maybe who knows but uh, I think Brady's going to try to let it hang a little bit and go get it the Saints defense is going to be the key here if the Saints defense can hold Brady down a little bit or slow him down it's going to give the Saints the Saints offense a chance Commanders-Lions, both teams had good showings last week. The Commanders beating the Jags and the Lions just losing a a tight game. They were chasing the Eagles quite a bit, but they never gave up, never said die. I like the Lions, man. I think they're a young, hungry team. I think you know some of the older guys on the team, like Jared Goff, have some things to prove. I think they've built well. I think they've built well on the offensive side of the ball. And I think they're more put together than the Jags. I think the Lions take this one. Uh, I think the Commanders, you know, Took advantage of a young team that's trying to learn a new coach and a new system again in Jacksonville, and that's not the Lions. I think the Lions are going to be ready. I think the Lions take this one. 
Uh, and I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a big game for Swift. I think it's going to be a fun game for Goff. And I think they kind of put Carson Commander in his place a little bit, who might be feeling like he's riding high a little bit after a win last week. The 49ers and the Seahawks. The Seahawks are, this is going to be a tough game defensive or a tough game for the Seahawks, I believe. I think the 49ers are going to come out. They're not going to be playing in a monsoon on a soaked field. They're going to be able to run and cut and move the way they, they can. I think you're going to see Trey Lance actually be able to, to throw a football and manage himself. And I think the Seahawks are going to kind of have a little bit of a hangover from the whole beating their former quarterback in the in their season opener last week. Um, I, I think that was kind of, I think it felt, and, and this may not be the case in the locker room, but I think it maybe felt like a little bit of a Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think Geno Smith has success against this Niners defense that is loaded with talent still. And I think the 49ers kind of kind of get get a little at least get a little right, not get right all the way, but get a little right coming out of the uh, coming out of the, a tough loss in a rainy, just crappy, crappy day last week. Taking the Niners over the Seahawks to get to one and one. The Falcons at the Rams. I think that uh, my big concern. All right, and I've I said this if you if you tune in, if you want to check it out Tuesday nights, uh, I am part of the. Uh, let me get the name right. Because I haven't posted the actual graphic that I'm that I've made yet, but it's the play callers NFL matchup madness, and um, basically what it is is guys who come in and you know talk about their team. I represent the Bills and on the show, and I've I've talked about a few other teams. I uh, talked about the Bucks and the Niners specifically this past week to fill in for some other people. But one of the things when the Ram uh, the Rams rep was on, who you know he ducked me last week going into the Bills game, and then he you know kind of back and you know it's the same thing. The Bills won, so it's oh when you know we get, win that ring, win that ring. All right, guy, calm down. Last season's over. This season's what matters. We beat you this season, and it wasn't close. My big concern for the Rams: the Rams are going to win this game unless. Stafford's arm is not as healthy as described. All right, we've heard, oh, he had some tendonitis in the in the preseason, kind of shut him down a little bit. Guess what? I am a baseball guy. I can tell you elbow tendonitis needs to be shut. You need to shut down completely for tendonitis to go away. And they don't have time to shut him down right now. You just don't. You, like, you don't have time. The time was to shut him down was to, sh- to shut him down for two or three weeks during the preseason, which you don't want to shut your number one, uh, your 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 QB one down. You don't. So I'm I'm sitting here wondering how much that tendonitis is going to bother him and how much it's actually affecting his throws. If you look at his two interceptions from last week, one was an out route that was thrown well behind. I mean, that wasn't a oh I. That ball slipped, or I, I I mistimed it. That was just a I am having trouble putting the ball where I want it throw. And the second one was a tip drill interception. That ball sailed on him. You know, having trouble a little bit later in the game pulling the ball down and getting it on target. He receiver went up, put a hand on it, tipped it up, and went into no man's land. As we all know, is the uh, you know the big one for for defensive backs to come in and swoop in and make a play, but. Uh, I'm taking the Rams here, unless like and again, unless Stafford's arm is not good. I don't think Mariota gets around, gets you know, has the, his way with his defense the way the Bills had their way, and I don't think uh, they can slow down this offense, even if it's just the Cooper Cup show again. Um, you know, 
even the dink and dunk type look that they were going that they were going with late in the game against the Bills. It's just one of those things they're not going to be able to stop this team. And uh, but the big thing to look here or look for here is the health of Stafford and his arm going forward. The Cardinals and the Raiders. The Raiders are going to win this game. The Raiders are going to dominate the Cardinals in a very similar fashion to the way the Chiefs dominated the Cardinals. I the Cardinals have talent. They have good they they have talented guys on the roster, but they're not playing well. They're not a well put together team. And I don't think they're a well coached team. Um different aspects of the like the Kyler Murray contract with how funny and ridiculous that entire debacle is uh doesn't really work for me. But the fact that all that information got leaked, the fact that you are okay with that being a, a problem, an active issue on your team, I think is just a telltale that you there's not a whole lot of control there. I don't think Um, the Raiders are going to Devontae Adams is going to have a day that Raiders defense is going to be in Murray's face left and right. And Murray is not the same quarterback without D hop on the field. And you shouldn't need one of, in in my opinion, D hop when healthy is probably the best overall receiver in football. Um, He's got, he can burn you deep. He can go up the middle. He's a big physical guy. His hands are huge. He runs incredible routes. He's just he he's on that level that when we talk about Josh Allen, anything any other receiver can do, he can do too. But there's no but. Well, Tyreek is really really fast, but at times his hands can be suspect. Uh, this guy is really really you know this guy runs great routes. He's not that quick. You know this guy is you know. Is a really big outside threat. Can't go over the middle. D-Hop does it all. But you shouldn't need that dude to be a serviceable quarterback. You shouldn't, no matter how you cut that. Raiders take this one. I think the Raiders take this one big. The Texans and the Broncos, I think you see the Broncos try to take There's some frustrations out on the Texans. I think the Texans to keep this game a little bit tighter than anticipated, but I think the Broncos run away with it late. Um, you know, I think they want to want to prove that last week was kind of a fluke, and I think you're going to see uh, the Broncos coaching staff Put a little bit more faith in Russ down the line here um, and kind of get him, kind of let him eat a little bit and kind of get him going the way I think they want him to go. I think the Broncos take that. I think it's at least a 10-point margin of victory. Um, But I think the Texans keep it close for a good majority of the game. Bengals-Cowboys. I think this is a big-time get-right game for the Bengals. I don't think they want anything to do with relying on their special teams to keep them in a game, and at the end of the day, uh, the Cowboys, without a legitimate starting quarterback, do not pose a threat here. I think Cooper Rush is going to have a long day. I think it's going to be a tough one for Cowboys fans. I think it's going to be a feel-good day for the Bengals, and Jamar Chase, Joey Joey Bag of Donuts going to have a good day, and I hope they figured out their long snapper situation because they probably, it probably won't come down to it this week, but they're going to need it going forward. Packers-Bears, I don't think the Bears get lucky twice. Uh, I don't think the Bears have an act of God in them like the Monsoon to slow down Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, despite not having really much of anything weapons-wise, is still going to own the Bears. Discount, double-check, I I effing own you, whatever you want to say. Aaron Rodgers is going to beat the Bears because Aaron Rodgers beats the Bears. That's just what he does, and the Bears just get beat by Aaron Rodgers. It's a thing. They're th- This is going to be a thing where you're going to see after the game Rogers trying to like talk to Mooney and be like, come play for me. Like, come, come be my Devante. Um, that's going to be that 100% would be a thing, but I, I digress. I think it's going to be fun 
uh, to watch Aaron Rodgers do what Aaron Rodgers does for about a quarter and a half before it's time to go to bed because the game's not fun to watch anymore. And that's going to be kind of a divisional game on Sunday night. Yeah, you can't count the Bears out, but Aaron Rodgers is going to Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Um, and I don't think the Bears got enough legitimate reps in the monsoon. They did enough to get the win on a sloppy day, but I don't know. I you 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 clean that day up. I think the Niners win that game fairly easily. This is going to be a, a clean. The odds of them playing in back to back monsoons are slim to none. But I think you look at this game and you say Aaron Rodgers is going to do what Aaron Rodgers do, especially when he's playing the Bears. So uh, Packers at home. Two scores, no, no, no question there. Titans, Bills. The uh, I I hate playing the Titans. We play the Titans all the darn time, ever like five years in a row. It seems finally back in Buffalo. Uh, hopefully, yeah, the, the Titans are a well coached team. That is one of the things that you know they have a hard nosed coach. They have a bunch of hard nosed players. Uh, you heard some of the Bills talking about. It. You heard Von Miller talking about it. They got a, they got some tough guys over there. Nitty gritty, grinding type team comes right from Vrabel. I love Vrabel. I hate Vrabel. I love that I hate, and I hate that I love Vrabel. He's always got that, like, he's got the shit-eating grin, that little side smirk that you expect Belichick to have, but Belichick never actually does have because Belichick shows no emotion and is pretty much just uh, the dark side incarnate. But I digress. The Titans are a good, are a solid team. Um, I don't know. I, I think losing A.J. Brown is a big deal. I think getting on the same page with the replacement receivers that they've brought up or the receivers meant to replace those uh, him and Julio is going to take a minute. Obviously this is where losing a guy a couple years ago, like John Smith is a problem for them. But uh, you know, I think the problem that they're going to run into is this is not the same bills team. They've played the last couple of years. You know, we're not banged up. We're not, you know, we have our healthy defensive tackles uh, at Oliver at a true three tech uh, bumping to a one tech potentially on passing downs so we can get a sec- a third defensive end and have Von Miller, Boogie Basham, Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa, any combination of those guys on the field at the same time to, 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 you know, and, and it showed last week, it showed getting in quarterback, uh, getting in Stafford's face, disrupting timing, um, collapsing the pocket, whole nine yards and the big boys in the middle, Jordan Phillips, I think is going to have a day, uh, I want to say his name is Daquan Jones. I'm so mad that I don't know this right off the top of my head. But um, Tim Settle, I mean, these guys are going to, like, this is going to be the thing. You're not going against, uh, listen, I I loved Harrison Phillips, and I was really mad that we lost him. Uh, I love the guys that we replaced him with. And Daquan Jones, I'm pretty sure I said that right. Uh, But, I mean, so... Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, and Jordan Phillips are going to make or break this game. Uh, Ed Oliver fitting to have a day. Rousseau, Basham, Epinesa, Miller going to pin their ears back and go get it. And um, we're I think you're, we're going to see kind of I, we might even see a little bit of a healthy dose here of uh, <laughs> of Terrell Bernard, the the rookie weak side linebacker for the Bills. Uh, the Bills like to run the big that big nickel. But I think you're going to see a little bit more usage of a uh, a linebacker that has shown he can fill and run cover a little bit to try to slow down Derrick Henry, who is the key and always has been the key to this Titans offense. I think I think the Bills get it back. I think the Bills get the get this one back uh, after a few years of losing to the Titans. Um, the Bills keep this game clean. 
you know, I don't think we get away with four turnovers only resulting in in, in 10 total points uh, on a, for a team that's only going to score 10 points. I think we keep this game clean and we run away with it. I really do. Um, if we if we turn the ball over, this is an opportunistic offense. This is an opportunistic team who has taken advantage of the Bills turning the ball over and giving the, giving them good field position uh, the last couple of years. And I don't I don't see that being the case this year. Uh, McDermott sent a sent the message early. You put the ball on the ground, you're not going to see the ball much. Uh, Crowder ran a lazy route and let a guy in man coverage catch him and undercut him for a pick last week and. You know, McKenzie, the, the McKenzie one was a tough, it was a hard throw in a tough spot, hit him in the chest and bounced right to the other guy. I'm sure that was a conversation, but you know, Cook put the ball on the ground. He never, he never got another touch. He was on the field. He was a decoy, uh, but he never, he never got another live touch in the game. I think we'll see him back in the fold again this week, but I think, uh, I think the Bills keep this one clean. McDermott sent that message, turn the ball over, find you know, you're going to find yourself a seat. We're going to call next guy up. I think the Bills take this one and I think the Bills take this by 10 plus. Uh, I really do. I think this is going to be I think this one's kind of personal after the last few years and we're going to go with that. And then a showdown. Eagles Vikings NFC showdown. The Eagles looked good last week. Uh the Lions came back, made it a little bit tighter at the end, but the Eagles looked good. That offense looked explosive at times. Uh, I think this Vikings defense is going to see is really going to test the metal there. Um, you know, Hertz has the ability to escape escape the pocket and make you miss and and make it hurt. Uh, but it, I think the Vikings have the type of defense that can keep him contained, keep him in the vicinity, and hopefully make him make some throws. They have an upgraded offensive uh, weaponry, getting AJ Brown, which was I talked about the Titans losing, the Eagles got him, and the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, you know, quietly a solid quarterback every year, good enough to at least keep getting contracts and keep keeping starting jobs. And that again, that this Vikings defense, solid. This Eagles defense, solid. This is going to be a slugfest. This is going to be a knockdown drag out brew ha ha. And I can't wait. I am fired up for this game. I'll be paying slight attention to it while the Bills are playing the Titans. Uh, but the Bills Titans game is where it's at without question. So um I'm calling a Eagles win here. I like the Vikings, but the Vikings on the road going to Philly on a Monday night, it's going to be a tough play. I am taking the home team in this one, and that is really the only reason I'm going with the home team that I'm going with the Eagles is because they are the home team. You put this one in Minnesota with the uh, the Vikings faithful, and I'm taking the Vikings. I'm taking the home team on this one, and that's the only reason I'm taking the Eagles over the Vikings or that I, the only reason I would take the Vikings over the Eagles, like I said, so... Um, there's your recap and look into this game, not a whole ton storyline wise. And obviously I try to keep things a little bit shorter when I'm talking on my own, because let's be honest, it's more fun when I talk to other people. So that being said, we're going to hope to hopefully next week, bring one of the boys back in the fold. If not, I'll see if I can find somebody to carve out some time at some point to be, to uh, co-host with me and go through the games and, uh, catch us on Facebook, hat stats and stats podcast. Uh, the tits are back. The totally indisputable team ranking system. You can catch those being released probably every Wednesday from what I assume, uh, from what I talked to big diesel about, he is back on point with those again. Uh, and I can't wait for the, uh, for the, for the toxic commentary on that for people who don't understand that the tits don't care about your feelings. They simply just exist. So, uh, check those out. We are releasing our power rankings week by week this year. Last year we did the games of the week. This year we're doing weekly power rankings after the fact. So we're going to go with that. And 
as always, guys, thanks for tuning in. Keep listening. Hat Stats and Stats, part of the BICBP Radio Network, www.bicbp-radio.com slash hat slash you just go to the podcast page, click sports, click our logo. That's where you find us. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere else. Tell your friends, like, follow, share, subscribe on Twitter, Instagram, at HTS underscore pod. You can find all the media we post outside of our episodes on there as well. And as always, thanks for tuning in. This has been Hats, Tats, and Stats, a championship-caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York. On behalf of my co-host, I am EZD. We will catch you guys next week. And as always, go Bills. The weather is changing and the sun is shining, which means summer party season is here. And Buffalo Freddy Party Rental has everything you need to get your party started. From tents, tables, and chairs to inflatable bounce houses, water slides, and obstacle courses, Buffalo Freddy has everything you need to take your summer shindig to the next level. Not sure what to serve at your event? Buffalo Freddy does barbecue catering as well. For more details or to make reservations, head over to buffalofreddy.com or give them a call at 716-437-3339. That's 716-4-FREDDY. Buffalo Freddy is a proud sponsor of this podcast.